One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and happy Tuesday, gang. I'm Jason Cundy, in for Mr Andy Goldstein, who's currently making a documentary on the Intercontinental Billiards Cup. So you got me on today's TalkSport Daily Poddy. Coming up, you'll hear plenty of passion debate, as well as we get stuck into the Premier League's Project Big Picture, or Project Big, put your pants down. Pay-per-view football? Who's going to pay £15 to watch Burnley versus West Brom? Not even Burnley or West Brom fans are paying that. And there's also news from the Tyson Fury camp on the dream clash with Anthony Joshua, edging even closer. But we start with Natalie Sawyer. She was sitting in for Jim White yesterday alongside Simon Jordan and Danny Murphy. They were joined by the EFL chairman, Rick Parry, who defended his support of the proposals of Project Big Picture. Naturally, Simon took him to task. The Premier League are not doing this, or the six clubs that have suggested it, or the two that you're, you're, you're steering towards, are not doing this out of goodwill. They're doing it out of a positioning statement for the benefit of themselves with an element of the dysfunctional football family that you know full well is a dysfunctional football family look, looking healthy. But it's the tip of the iceberg. You will have the FA being leveraged into a situation where a Brexit homegrown rule has to be deployed to the EFL and the EFL being acquiesced into that position. You'll have punitive charges coming down the pike, probably in transfer situations where the EFL will be constantly at the behest of the Premier League. How does this deal at, with the Premier League really, really solve the problem? I like the mechanics of it being the 25% and the 1.9 billion that will kick down and the distribution mechanisms that will probably mean the average championship club will get £22 million a year rather than seven that they currently get. But Rick, it's fraught with danger and inconsistencies and it doesn't answer the question why you haven't, as the chair of the EFL, been able to go to the government and get the government's support. I can go. I can't deliver. You tell me why the government haven't given support. The government have been saying since May that it's incumbent on the Premier League to provide support. We've been talking to government literally daily um, in terms of all the various packages that they can give, whether it be PAYE deferrals, whether it be... Every why can they do, why can they do it for the arts? Addition, why can they do it for the arts, cash. Rick? And not, why can they do it for the arts and not football? I Listen... I'm with you. 100%. You tell me. There's no logical reason other than it always comes back to there's enough money in the game. There's plenty because, of money because in- the Premier League is spending 1.2 billion, because the PFA is uh, introducing regimes like uh, unenforceable, unlawful salary caps. But, but Rick, also, with the same token, you have been offered lots and lots of money into the EFL to fund 
in the short term whilst you find a solution in the long term, haven't you? Uh, There are a variety of different schemes which we are continuing to pursue. Uh, Nothing as attractive as this in terms of the long-term future of the game. Um, This is the boldest um, plan and you know, you said you don't disagree with the mechanics. You'd written the same article. So I think you and I are in total agreement on this would be the right solution. I'm also totally in agreement that in practical terms, getting there will be challenging. But that's not a reason not to have a go. That's not a reason to not try and simply roll over. And on drive, Adrian Durham took issue with Rick Parry when discussing Project Big Pull Your Pants Down. Rick Parry has proved himself as EFL chairman to have a over over the period of of lockdown and and what we did with the EFL after lockdown. I think he's proved himself to have come up with a plan that was disjointed, uh, that was unfair, unworkable, inconsistent as well. Rick Parry is a Liverpool fan, a former chief executive at Liverpool, and the first CEO of the Premier League. And so I question whether uh, his heart and soul is with the EFL clubs he's paid to represent because I look at him supporting this and basically getting into bed with Liverpool and Manchester United and think to myself, well, what's all that about? He seems to think that having come up with the Premier League, he's come up with some fantastic idea that saved football from hell. And sure, things happened during the Premier League era that were great, but who's to say they wouldn't have happened without the Premier league being formed taking a, a load of teams at the top and making them elite and cutting adrift loads towards the bottom that's not what the traditions of english football are all about so i have a real problem with rick parry this is Talksport breakfast with laura woods and ali mccoist and here's some of their guests including the times henry winter and the former england boss steve mclaren also discussing project big picture Now, I can understand the Premier League and I can understand the bait being, wow, cash down below. 250 million is a lot of money. We'll save a lot of clubs and we'll keep the pyramid going. But you're just creating a monopoly of the top six clubs. And you can't have that because owners change. Everything changes. The climate changes. You need independent administrators of any league in the, in the world. You need them independent administrators to run football for you. Otherwise, the clubs will take over and it will be false economy. I think, you know, in all crises, there's an opportunity. And in this crisis that we've had in football, um, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for the owners and the big clubs to take over the running of football. And that's not right. Pretty obvious step towards the European Super League. I think that's what they want. Boils down to this. Do we want Joel Glazer running English football? I don't particularly want him running Manchester United, one of the greatest clubs in the world. Yeah. And you see the money that he's taken out of them. And now what they're going to do is just ultimately take more money out of English football. And they're going to control it. They are going to say to the likes of Burnley, you don't really count. They're going to say to the likes of Aston Villa and Leeds who've come up, you don't really count because we can effectively, uh, we've got the voting powers and the broadcast money. They're good elements to it in terms of helping out the EFL club, but not at the cost of destroying, what is it, 130 years of, uh, of, of English football. I find it absolutely disgusting. This is a bit of a gear change. Here's Ali McCoyst on breakfast with Woodsy and Carlton Cole having a little... But you know what I've got in the car at the moment? Right. It's Ennio Morricone, who sadly just passed away, and he does all the music for the, the, the Western. Do you know the... Oh. You know that kind of thing? <laughs> wow. 
I don't I know. <laughs> I'm going to have another go at that. <laughs> what? Oh, I do know oh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. That one. It's a banger, oh, you, really. You feeling dizzy yet? You feeling <laughs> dizzy? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not winding you up, eh? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to lie down. I mean, my face has just gone beetroot. <laughs> I'm Paul Hawksby, and this is Talksport Daily. This is promoter Frank Warren on the White and Jordan Show discussing Tyson Fury and a possible fight later this year for the world champion. Our immediate job is to get Tyson sorted out for December. He's worked hard and been training, constant training. That's where we're, what will happen. And what I'm hoping next year is we can go straight to the fight with uh, AJ. That's the fight mm. that everybody in boxing wants to see. Absolutely, Connor, the towel comes in! The towel comes in! Tyson Fury is the winner in Las Vegas. Jay Reyes, he throws in the towel. Tyson Fury has done the remarkable. He has stopped the unbeaten, the ferocious Deontay Wilder. Tyson's fight back in February with Wilder was the highest grossing heavyweight fight that's ever taken place, live gate that is, that's ever taken place in Vegas. So that's, you know, nigh on a $20 million gate. Where do we get that from with no crowds? It's a massive hole. So we were looking basically for a territory, a country to come up with what we call in the business a site fee. We pay that, but unfortunately because of the virus and various other problems, it's just not happened. So we've got to just move on. I would love to do that fight in the UK. You know, maybe we've got to get get some help to get it on. You know, the, the government has funded things like the Olympics and Commonwealth Games and so forth. What a great present that would be for the biggest sporting event, I believe, for God knows how long. Certainly, I think, from the World Cup, that two Brits hold four belts, fight for a world title in, in London. That would be, or in the UK, that would be the most brilliant present for fans and coming mm. back out of this crisis. This is the Press Box with Danny Kelly, writer Mike Calvin, and the son, Sean Custers, discussing pay-per-view football. This is... A horrible example of squeezing what I call the fans, but which they no doubt think is the customer, until the till the, the pips actually squeal. Yeah, essentially what the clubs are saying, uh, look, we know it's hard for you. Uh, you can't pay your mortgage. You're worried about your job. You're worried about your family's health. By the way, can we have 15 quid for something you've been getting for nothing? And uh, by the way, um, that's on top of you know the £100 you're paying for your normal football coverage anyway. It's no surprise that people are going to be resistant to that. I, you know, I just thought it was so tone-deaf, but so typically tone-deaf of the Premier League, to even come up with that. You didn't need to be a PR genius to work out that it would be absolutely rejected out of hand, almost as an, you know, an immoral suggestion, right from the get-go. So... If they'd have said, well, OK, four ninety nine or four ninety five, they might have got away with it. But I cannot, for the life of me, see anyone paying that sort of money for mm. a humdrum match. Now, I know you're uh, going to give me the Newcastle <laughs> example. Exactly, and yeah, they're not daft, but, are they? That's why they made it that one. Yeah, but the thing is... What is that then doing socially? We're talking... Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, yeah. the, the news is full of tier one, two, three. 
All that will happen is that the rule of six will go straight out the nearest window and, you know, there'll be a group of ten mates watching Newcastle on Saturday night against Manchester United and divvying up Sean, for the benefit for the benefit of listeners, what do you mean by the Newcastle example? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Burnley v Brighton, was it? Newcastle v Man United on the... which you'd consider a prime time on a, on a Saturday night and one that Mike's just saying you can't see people paying for it. Sadly, eh? They probably will. I probably will. And you, you know, you can't, you can't not, can you? It's it's your team, and you know, Man United are followed all around all around the world, and a lot of Man United fans will want to watch it, even if though they did just get stuffed six one by Spurs, they'll want to watch it. It's very, it's difficult to trust uh, any figures these days, but I'll be really interested to see what yeah. the take up is. I think it'll be really low, but I don't think they have to make have that many people subscribing before they're into profit. <laughs> Back to breakfast, this is Carlton Cole revealing why McDonald's ended up confiscating his special membership card when he started out as a pro. How much do you food? get on your gold card or your black card for McDonald's? No, you get, you got one, one meal a day. One meal a day. One meal a day, it's like three pounds. Well, you could t- you could take as much as you want. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm taking like ten burgers. Like, oh, <laughs> was this, was this I used to feed playing? my estate. I used to feed it because this is when I first um, um, got into the first team. Are you so serious? I was still live on the, living on the estate. So I just had they gave me a, bl- a McDonald's black card, and then I went to the local McDonald's, brought all the the mass with me, all my all my, all my um, Brentford massive. No and then, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we was just outside, just munching on burgers. That is amazing. And chips. That, that is, is tremendous. Milkshakes. Yeah, yeah, everything, the whole lot. But Cotton's then um, they, but I think, uh, yeah, yeah, but um, they they eventually took it away from me because I think I was <laughs> going to say, did they know? Oh, this is an everyday thing. They must have, no- they must have noticed that. <laughs> I can just, I can, I'm just terrified at the thought. My kids were black card McDonald's. Oh, the pro- <laughs> the profits would honestly go. There'd be negative profits, Dangerous, which is a loss, I believe. Danger. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Now, despite England beating the world number one side Belgium on Sunday, Adrian Durham and Ali McQuest were unimpressed with Southgate not selecting Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. I understand there's no such thing in on modern football, really, but uh, perhaps one or two exceptions as an automatic pick. But I'd like to see you know Jack continue running the side. He definitely gives England something different. I know they've got a lot of quality. Sterling, who missed out yesterday in Mountain Boys, there's a lot, of, a lot of quality. Sancho, Hodgson, Odoi. We're not even speaking about these moments, this moment in time. But Jack's definitely something different, would you? He really is. And I would like to see him, certainly, if not an extended run, I would certainly like to see him get more uh, more game time in Gareth's team. And I think he will, you know. I genuinely think he will. I think Gareth's obviously a clever and intelligent man and he'll see that Jack brings something different to the party. Still Grealish, riding one challenge, cuts inside the penalty edge. Still Jack Grealish goes, but then had to turn away from the penalty spot. And that was certainly a moment that showed that Jack Grealish exudes confidence. I actually believe that England do have players who can do that. Um, they've got to show it, but they're not in the team. Foden's not in the team. We know why. And Grealish isn't in the team. Now, the thing was, second half, they played really well. And yep. they, they, they uh, stopped the flow, won the game, no problem with that at all. And he, he from a management point of view, coaching-wise, he got it spot on. So, uh, But I think he could have solved all those half-time problems by picking the right team in the first place. So he's talking about defending better and using the ball better. Well, Connor Cody would have improved both from the start. He talked about uh, taking up smarter positions on the field, talked about getting higher up the pitch. Jack Grealish solves those problems mm. in one person. 
I can't see a reason why Jack Grealish didn't start last night. I think everybody's disappointed about it. I think the results will give him more uh, license to not pick Jack Grealish, and I think that's to the detriment of the England team. So whilst I'm very happy we beat the best team in the world, I think it's a massive positive, loads of positives from the game. England ain't going to do anything without Jack Grealish, in my opinion. And we finish on the sports bar, myself and Adam Cattrall. I'm not sure what this is. I'm recording this before the show. Let's find out what it is and have a listen and find out if it is Project Big Pants, pull them down, pay-per-view, pull them down, Big Pants. Trippier nodding it down. It's a good header as well. Found Mason Mount out of Varel defending. Mount with a looping, lobbing effort. That's taken a deflection and a spoon over Mignolet it in. And England have turned it around to lead 2-1. I thought Grealish played was excellent against Wales and I was disappointed not to see him get involved but when you look at the team and Southgate's picked that team and he comes away with the win what more can he do and the three and the two players he picked Rashford and Mount on that side both scored what more can Southgate do and I hear the groans there and this is what really winds me up had England not won that game had yeah. England come away with their 1-0 defeat, or maybe even more than that, people like you would have been absolutely battering him for his team selection, his tactics. Mm. And when he gets it right, how about you say, do you know what? Well done, because you turned that around to come 1-0 down from a side like Belgium and win the game. OK, yeah. it's, a, it's a glorified friendly, but how about we give Southgate and his team selection a little bit of credit? Mr. Simon Johnson, welcome back to TalkSport. How are you, sir? I'm I'm well, chaps. I've uh, got a bit of Christmas music on. You got what? Yeah, there's a channel on Sky that's already got Christmas music. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah, pigs in so blankets we as well? We've we got a bit of all Christmases you, Mariah Carey. We've had a bit of Band-Aid already. I mean, it's... Wow. <laughs> wow. It's very surreal, I have to say. But It's the 12th of October, pal. You've got, you got a long way to go. Uh, back in the mirror, mate. Harry Kane's face is there. Southgate faces mm-hmm. Spurs, Fury over Kane Fitness. What's this all about? Oh, I can't wait for Mourinho's next presser. Uh, I, I, thought that, <laughs> I, I thought that when Harry Kane trotted on against Belgium <laughs> yesterday. But um, Southgate is, is looking likely to start him against Denmark in England's final game. And of course, pre-international uh, break, Mourinho was, was pretty clear that he, he wanted to star man looking after. But um, of course, Kane then sort of had this thigh problem last week, which is why he didn't start against Belgium. But um, yeah, you can imagine he won't be best pleased to see, uh, whilst he's been given the all clear essentially by these medical tests, um, he won't be best pleased to see him actually starting a game where perhaps uh, an injury might occur to rule him out of domestic action. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, I think even if he comes to the game on skate, I'm sure Marina's going to have something to say about it. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the TalkSport Daily. I'm back tonight the Sports Bar from 10pm. There'll be another one of these TalkSport Daily poddies out first thing in the morning. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.